Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, back after a little hiatus, uh, but I'm really, I'm really happy to be back, and I'm really happy to be joined by Doominal Crossing. Doom, how are you today, sir? Uh, doing very well. Um, my mom got COVID last week, but she has since tested negative a couple weeks ago, so uh, very yeah. thankful. Very thankful for that. Uh, a whole family is uh, is walking. Uh, otherwise, uh, we continued our Hollow Knight playthrough. Uh, we had to stop that for a couple weeks because my last capture card broke, but my new one finally came in, so we continued Hollow Knight, and while I still, I don't think I quite like Hollow Knight as much as the general consensus. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I really dug uh, the most recent boss that I fought, the Soul Master. That was a lot of right. fun. It actually reminds me a lot of the Dread Boss philosophy, where it's all about memorizing patterns, and once you start doing that, you can start doing some really cool tricks and, you know, really clutch, you know, frame-perfect dodges, and it's just, it's a good time. The music is also super hyped during that fight, and, uh, yeah, really excited uh, to continue that, and uh, thank you for everyone that tuned in to, to that stream. Yeah, you know, I saw you streaming, and uh, I was going to tune in, but I actually went out, uh, it was right as I was going out for dinner. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do an episode on Hollow Knight sometime in the future. I think I'm with you. I like it a lot. I don't know if I like it as much as a lot of people do, although, like, I really, really like Hollow Knight. Like, I, I really like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, one thing that you kind of touched on is, like, I actually don't feel like that game was like that difficult, and and I'm not like a like a great gamer by any means, but like I don't know. I I mean I died, but like I you know, a lot of people say the Ori is difficult too, and I also don't think that that game is very hard. So it's uh I don't know. It's it's weird how that works, I guess. Yeah, I think maybe I'm I th better than I thought. Yeah, the, I think the um yeah that second Ori escape sequence was like that was the one that really got me. I think we remember talking about that during uh that breakthrough, but. Yeah, Hollow Knight, I would say Hollow Knight's bosses, definitely. I mean, again, they remind me of, like, Metroid Dread bosses in the sense where it's like, hey, you're going to die a lot, but every time you die, you're going to learn something, and you're going to do a little better each time, and it and it keeps you going. I think I think Hollow Knight is less difficult and more annoying with some of its checkpoints, if that makes sense. Because while I love the Soul Master boss, I did not like um, how far the closest save point was, or the one that I found, at least. It, it seemed like it was... And having to do that trek each time to get back to that boss, whereas in, like, Dread, it's just like, hey, you know what? Start right outside, do it again. It's like, little quality of life improvements like that definitely makes a, a big difference. But nonetheless, still a fun boss. Right. Uh, well, you did a good job last week. We had Lacey Johnson on. She has a radio voice, if I've ever heard one. My goodness. Lacey sounds was like a million such a bucks. phenomenal guest. I had a blast talking with her. Oh, and, my. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. we're we are one thousand percent gonna have her on again. Like it was so much fun, and I would love, and I you know I'd love for you all to meet her. Yeah, so I was I was really bummed that uh, I guess on one hand it kind of worked out because we were looking to do some shows while I was in Chicago, but uh, I was bummed that I was in Chicago and, and couldn't be um, a part of that show. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have her back on, and and man, what a what a time. That uh, that was had over in Chicago. We d we raised uh, sixteen thousand dollars over the course of ten days. So I, man, if, if er, I know that a couple people from the Omega Metroid community tuned in uh, and watched me 
slog my way through a couple of Zelda games. Uh, my, I, I love my gimmick favorite, there. Watch you beat your favorite game of all time, Andy. I'm so proud of you. Oh, so I've cultivated a great gimmick at Zelda Dungeon where, like, my gimmick is that, like, I'm, like, awful at video games and people want to watch me be bad at video games, which I actually love because then, like, I don't really have to practice. I don't really, you know, what, if there's no pressure. It's like the pressure is just be bad. And I'm like, I can do that. That's great. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fantastic week. I talked about it on the Spateri show. I talked about it on the latest episode of the Zelda cast. Um, awesome, awesome week. I'm really hoping that we can, uh, uh, put, put something, even a fraction of that magnitude together for, uh, the Omega Metroid team. But, uh, that's, that's a, that's a conversation for another day, but yeah, what a, it was a great time, and, and you know, it's a really great feeling. I was telling Dak this. By the way, we're Dakless today, and it's it's kind of a, a joke at this point how, like, Dak and I just can't get together and do a podcast episode. But uh, we were talking the other day, and I was I was telling him, like, uh, it's, it's such a nice feeling when, like, you go away and everything still runs properly while, like, you're... You know what I mean? Like, like you don't need to be there to, like, explicitly oversee every little detail and uh i was i was so i was so relieved and happy and uh you know just uh thankful that you guys did such a great job while i was uh you know doing my thing so uh yeah shout out to you uh you know to the amazing team uh and and specifically you for hosting that episode doom you did a good job buddy yeah thank you yeah i wasn't sure how it was going to turn out but like you know just how naturally the the conversation just kind of came i mean again it was one of, if not our longest episodes ever. So yeah, that's got to be the longest episode ever. I was very proud with how that turned. I wasn't sure if like one of the other M episodes, one of like those uh, flashback episodes we did when you, uh, uh, when you did your oh. one year milestone, I think it was. Yeah, I I don't think that we've ever crossed the uh, the two hour divide. I would have broken that up into two shows actually myself, but that's uh, neither here nor there. It was it was definitely uh, you set a new record. That's for sure. And, uh, you know what, that was fine, because we had a short episode the week before, um, kind of one of the placeholder episodes while I was in Chicago. So, it, it all balances out. Absolutely. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Well, let's talk about some perfect balance today, Doom. We are here to finally, finally talk about a topic that I feel like, maybe and maybe it's just in our small circle... But I feel like people have been asking for this for a long time, and we are here to deliver. This is the fans probably, what they want. This is the only time. The only time we we can't go back to this. We'll never go back to this as in depth as we will today. So this is the only chance. If you were dying for Metroid Prime Pinball retrospective, by God, you're gonna get everything today because we are here to talk all things. Metroid Prime Pinball. We're going to go table for table, minigame for minigame. We're going to talk about our scores. We're going to talk about our experiences with it. We're going to talk about some other stuff around this game and, uh, you know, really get into the nitty gritty with this oft forgotten DS title. Um, so I'm, I'm actually like fired up to talk about this. I was playing Metroid Prime Pinball all yesterday. Uh, I think you said that the same thing. And I just want to explicitly say, at the beginning of this episode, I am horrible at Metroid Prime Pinball. I am so awful at this game. I, like, I'm not kidding. I am, like, so awful at this game. All right, like, 
Did you did you unlock the final tables, Doom? Like, is this an easy game for you? Well, um, so so back when I played it as a lad, I've actually I, I've have I have beaten the game. I have beaten the game. I've rolled the credits, and on one of my runs, I actually managed to do it twice. So oh for my those God. who so for those who don't know, it's basically Metroid Prime Pinball. It works like an old school like arcade game where after you beat the game and roll credits, it starts you over at the first level again, except um, the difficulty is ramped up. So basically, right. So basically, like every time you like do like a little mini game or a segment, you start at level one. But if you do that again, you'll do level two. Well, once you go back to that table, all of those mini games are still saved. So if you do another burrow or bash, for example, you'll be at like level. Burrow or Bash, level 3, level, level 4, three? Where, there's, where there's more swarming at you, where they tank more hits, and so yeah, the difficulty just keeps ramping up, and it's basically just stops till you drop. And that yeah, and that's basically and that's basically where my story comes in, because I told you before the show that I had a little story. Um, um, so... Well, let's, let's tell that story, and then I'm going to tell a story about how I acquired this game as well. So let's, uh, let's get it cooking here. Let's start, give us the origin story. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, my acquiring story isn't really that interesting. I just, um, you know, my mom picked it up for me at a Target, like, back when the game came out in 2005. But the story I wanted to tell was uh, in preparation for the episode this week. So, you know, um, Andy was like, yo, we're doing it. We're talking about pinball. So naturally, I'm like, yeah, boy! And so I look, <laughs> go into my retro game cabinet where all my consoles are stored. You know, my NES, my SNES, my Genesis. It's got It's got all the hookups in there. And I'm looking for my DS, and I can't find it. And I'm like, what? That's not right. This is this is the retro game console drawer. This is where everything is. So I'm like, I'm like digging around, and I'm looking for it. There's nothing there. I check my controller drawer. Nothing there. And I'm like, oh my god, I I lost it. It's gone. I what what did I what did I do? I can't I can't have lost it in a move because I've played it in this house before. I I have memories of it. There's no way that I, like, accidentally, like, throw it out in one of my um, electronic wastes, like, and I was freaking out for a moment. So I went to bed last night, and then all of a sudden, it's five in the morning, and I just have, like, this epiphany. You know, um, uh, you, you probably don't know because you're not a Spongebob fan, but for our audiences out there, you know the Squidward meme where it shows him sleeping with his eyes closed, and then the next frame, his eyes are, like, wide open bloodshot. That was literally me at 5 in the morning when I had the epiphany, and I remembered where it was, and I looked in one of my closets, dug through a bunch of boxes, and I found the Mad Cat's case that I've had for nearly, nearly as long as I've had that original DS. And I opened that bad boy up, and man, it was beautiful. The original... 2004 launch brick DS with um wow. with my game cards still intact including the goaded Metroid Prime pinball and my charger so I couldn't play it immediately I had to charge it back up this DS had not been turned on in so long that I had to use um, I had to do the the entire boot up user sequence again so I'd like input my birthday and like the time and it was Funny, you know, inputting like 2022 on an original DS and all that. But yeah, I charged it back up, and um, yeah, this whole day I've been I've been playing the uh, Metroid Prime Pinball, and uh, man, the nostalgia, man, the memories. It uh, it, it feels really nice. I'm lo I'm looking at it right now. I am holding it in my hands right now. Feels good. Feels good. Do you want to know the last game that I played my like original DS? 
Are you ready for this? Ripened Tingles Balloon Trip of Love. I am not surprised. And I I played that because I bought a fan translation cart on uh, either eBay or Etsy, something like that. And it wouldn't run in a 3DS like Tingles Rosie Rupiland does. It only runs in the original DS, so that is what I played it for. Um, So yeah, I I played mine in a 3DS, and uh, I think I I have a story that's kind of like a lot of Metroid fans where... This game came out back in the day, and I was like, no, not interested in that. Uh, doesn't, you know, not not for me. I want to play, like, a Metroid game, not a pinball game. And so I didn't play it for, like, a long time. And then um, shortly after we started the podcast, I was, like, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, if we're going to have a weekly Metroid show, we're going to need a lot of different topics and different things to talk about and, like, there's this game that I've never played and maybe it's not a Metroid game exactly, but you know, it's probably still something that we're going to want to talk about at some point. So I actually went down like the rabbit hole of, um, like I joined like a Facebook video game group that like buys and sells, uh, local games, stuff like that. Um, I bought a ton of GameCube games also, but I eventually tracked down someone that was selling Metroid Prime Pinball. And I tried for like three months before I finally found somebody that was selling this game and uh, I finally got it. And you want to know how much I paid for this game in 2000? I think it was 20. Well, you already told hey, me, but uh, feel free to tell our audience. <laughs> 60 bucks. $60 for this game, which I guess isn't like completely outrageous because it's like, you know, it's uh, it's $50 Canadian when it came out originally. But still, I was just like, oh, yeah, this should be like a totally cheap game to find. Maybe I'll pay five, ten bucks. I'll go drive and pick it up. Nope. I paid 60 bucks and... And the the front cover of Metro Prime Pinball has water damage. So oh the, no! The cover is faded, ruined. Which, which is actually fine because like I could just make or print off a new cover, but I haven't done it yet. But yeah, that's uh, I finally tracked it down. I played it for a little bit when I got it, and I was like, God, I'm horrible at this. Put it away, and I honestly didn't really pick it back up until this weekend. So. Yeah, I'm I'm fired up to to talk about it, and um, let's start off by going table for table. But even before we get there, I guess I do want to say this. So this was made by Fuse Games, who I don't believe they're in business anymore. But they were um, they are they were they are, a, a studio. They are they're, in they're in business, but they're a different name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this studio was uh, prolific for making pinball games, and I think that that shows in this because I, I I think that it would have been really easy to make a really fast, cheap pinball game and push it out the door and have a bunch of people buy it and, you know, not really put in the work. It would have been easy to pull a Kirby here. You know what I mean? Like slap the Kirby name on this and and, um, the Metroid name in this case, but like slap a name on it on a not very good game, push it out. And like, there you go. Easy check. Work is done. Small team we make bank, but fuse games put in a lot of work. And, uh, as we'll talk about with the different mini games with the, with the table setup, it does like, it feels like it's not completely out of place in the Metroid series. Obviously, yes, this is a pinball game, but I, I think I was just like really impressed, like how, I don't know, Metroid-y some of the different levels feel. And like, there's still an assortment of fun mini games and, and stuff that makes you feel like, okay, like, this is a Metroid title that's a pinball game and not just like versus thinking like this is a pinball game with like some Metroid stuff slapped on it to convince me that it's 
part of the Metroid franchise. You know what I mean? It, feel, it feels more like a Metroid game than Federation Force. Let's just say it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? In, in some ways, I, I think I could agree with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously, look, it's a pinball game first and foremost, but they they did... I think that they went the extra mile, and they didn't really have to, because when I... And I think a lot of Metroid fans probably think this. Like, when I see a game that's called Metroid Prime Pinball... I'm just like, this is a cash grab because Samus turns into a ball and fits easy into, you know, a pinball aesthetic or whatever. And it's going to be, you know, made as quickly and cheaply as it possibly can. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be what this game is. And I don't think that this game is like that at all. So I just wanted to say that at the top so that, uh, you know, people can know. Because I like I'm not sure if people are going to be interested in Metroid Prime Pinball, but... I do think that it is worth your time if you're a Metroid fan, um, and specifically a fan of Metroid Prime, the first one, that, uh, you know, th- there is a little bit more than uh, than meets the eye here. And I have some thoughts about where this game could really excel, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, I just, I wanted to throw that out there as kind of like a PSA for anybody that is unsure about Metroid Prime Pinball. Yeah, absolutely. I echo those thoughts, uh, sent- yeah, pretty much entirely. Um, Fuse games, like they went above and beyond. Like, I think what really makes this stand out, because they've done a lot of other uh, Nintendo pinball games as well. Um, inc- you know, you mentioned Kirby. I think, I believe they did the the Kirby pinball game as well. I could be wrong. I know they did Mario pinball, um, although that's one that wasn't rated very highly, but I've never played it myself, so can't really judge it for myself. But yeah, in, in Metroid Prime Pinball, they go above and beyond, and they find so many creative ways to do Metroid-themed pinball-style minigames in, like, ways that you wouldn't even expect. Like, just even, even like, really small stuff, like um, giving your ball health and having it so enemies can actually damage the ball. So it's not just like, oh, it can go in the gutter and you and you lose it that way. No, you can actually, like, lose health to an enemy. But you can also do damage to enemies, not just by hitting them, but you can drop bombs as a morph ball. And then later, once you unlock power bombs, you can do stuff like that as well. And you actually progress to other tables by unlocking items. So it actually... In some, obviously, it doesn't feel exactly like a Metroidvania, but it like it still has some of that unique Metroid formula present in um, the actual campaign itself, and you know, or other stuff again, like the combat saucer, which actually has Samus going to bipedal form so that she can actually shoot at targets, and just there's so much creative stuff where it's not just pinball with Metroid slapped on it. It really does right. feel like. It, it, it genuinely does you know, feel like the base story of Metroid Prime retold in pinball form. You know what, uh... You know what this game does that's great? Have you ever played, like, pinball that's just, like... It's on, like, Microsoft, uh... I don't know, Windows... Yeah, the 2000 or, like, what... Yeah, like, whatever those... The, whatever those pinball games were. I, I remember playing them, and I remember feeling, I'm like, okay, this is trying to simulate the experience of, like, a real pinball machine, right? And I think that that's fine. But I think what this game does very wisely is it's like, no, we're, we're a video game. We can do things that real pinball games can't, and it's going to work, and it's going to be awesome. And it's, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to be limited to the fact that, like, while, yes, we're playing pinball, we are also going to do things like, like, there's enemies crawling all over the screen, or, like, we're going to be jumping, we're going to be shooting, we're going to be fighting bosses. It, lots of really, like, clever stuff that this game does. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and um, let's dive into some of the tables here because there are there's what three four five six seven tables i want to say in this game um but i would say that only three of them are like classic 
pinball tables in, in the strictest sense of the word where like you accumulate points and like you have a, a really long gameplay loop. Um, and, and we can start off with, uh, with the talent overworld. Cause I think that that's, I'm, I'm sure that you probably feel the same way. I think this is the most, um, not easy table, accessible table maybe for someone absolutely. to start on. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely my, my, uh, most played table for sure. Yeah, and, and so this is a, it's a nice table, uh, obviously you've got like Samus's ship there, and a lot of different, uh, a lot of different stuff that's going on in the background here, but it's, uh, it's just, it's a little bit more classic, because there's two bumpers on the bottom, and that's it, and you know, all the rails and stuff that, that go everywhere, so th- this is, I think, the only, the only table that doesn't have, or that only has two bumpers, um, the rest of them are you know, a multi-bumper table. So uh, you, you have to kind of be paying attention a little bit more when you're when you're actually doing it. And like Doom just said, this is the table that players are going to spend the majority of their time on because I think that it's the easiest to acquire artifacts. And I guess that we should mention that too. So there's kind of, like there's, they, they call it multi-mission mode, but it's, it's basically like there's a story mode. So there's a story mode and then there's just like a quick play where you can play on all the different tables that you've unlocked. Story mode will have you um, going through and picking either Talon Overworld or the Pirate Frigate. And you can, you know, do your pinball thing. And after each successful minigame that you complete, you will get an artifact. And your goal is to collect 12 artifacts, much like in Metroid Prime, which will get you to the Artifact Temple. And I had a hell of a time getting them, but I have news for you, Doom. I have breaking news, as a matter of fact. I got those 12 this morning. I finally Congratulations. did it. I was like, I was like, I need to try one more time before we record Omega Metroid and see if I can see if I can do this. And I grinded and I got them and it was so awesome. I felt so happy. But uh, yeah, so that's, I'm skipping ahead here. That's the general premise of, of the tables in Metroid Prime Pinball. And um, you know, the, the Talon Overworld, that's the place where you're going to start. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like really fun, creative mini games here. Awesome music, of course. Um, so yeah, this is a, I would say it's like the, it's like the Mario and Smash Bros kind of table. Like everything is fairly standard. Nothing is really too crazy. It's not too easy either. It's like a nice accessible starting point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the music reflects that too, with its very chill vibes as well, which I mean, it makes sense for like talent overworld. That's kind of what, what the area is, but like compared to the other tables, it definitely, everything about it, like, um, is, um, an accessible table but accessible doesn't necessarily mean like oh this one's for babies like nah because because again right, yeah the more the longer you play on these tables the the more that difficulty is going to ramp up it's just um it's just more of a stable starting point i think and i think that's where and i think that's just true regardless of your skill levels but especially if you're just starting out well and the thing too is like so this table doesn't really have like uh, you know, a whole lot of extra gimmicks on it, but that kind of also means that, like, you, you eventually have to get, like, really good if you're going to progress and get all the artifacts in here. Um, so let's talk about these mini games that uh, that come up. So Metro Prime Pinball does a really cool thing where there is a section with, like, a, a hologram that pops out, and if you shoot the ball into the hologram, then you will trigger a mini game. And uh, I'm just going to run down the list here. So Burrower Bash... It's kind of fun because, like, can I you trigger can I that? You and, uh, can I okay, cut you off ahead, for a moment, ahead. and then I'll, I'll let you get back in a sec. But so, I, I think you're doing a disservice to the hologram because it's not just a hologram; it's a bomb slot, and it triggers a roulette wheel, and you actually have to plant a morph ball bomb 
to stop the roulette wheel, and that's what um, selects your minigame. Anyways, go on. Uh, that's not true. You're you're thinking of the you're thinking of the one where you can get like the extra ball or the bonus points or stuff yep, like yep. that. You know what? You're right. Yep, that is true. <laughs> yep. Don't worry, I got you. Um, but that is all. That is a cool feature, actually. So I mean, we might as well just talk about it now before we get into mini games. And I think that that is present on every table in some area. I want to say um, where you can get your ball in, and you can yeah, you can lay the bomb, and you can have. So there's a couple different options, and the best option is obviously extra ball. That is the best option because I lose balls in this game like you wouldn't even believe. Um, but force field is kind of cool, and it creates like a little. You know, as it sounds like a little laser that uh, that stops your ball from going in between the the two paddles at the bottom. So that's a good one to have. You know what is the one that I hate, Doom, is like the bonus point one because I feel like points in this game for me just mean like literally nothing. I mean, it's I definitely extra ball is definitely the better one. Bonus points, it's like if you're on, if you're on a good hot streak and you get and you get a good bonus points, that's just like yeah, let's go another one. <laughs> but but yeah. Um, the kick pad one is okay too. That, I, that, one, I, you know, that one's okay. I very no no no. I very much appreciate those. Those are good ones because especially like yeah. if you're on a table for a long time, like it's inevitable that um, that those things are gonna go away because you only get one hit on those kick pads so they go away. And once they're away, there's no bumpers, so it's like having those respawn. It's just like oh, breath of fresh yeah. air. Yeah. Um, there's a, and there's a few other options that uh that you can get too i think including like get battle ready which we'll talk about here in a sec and uh some other stuff but yeah it's definitely like a cool idea and and like you said you can bomb to like kind of stop the wheel to get where you want but um i like the holograms i i thought were cool because like they show like a hologram of a metroid or a hologram of like a uh what are those awful things called those those things that grab you all the time um triclops yeah the the triclops are awful (laughs) tries god they're awful Anyways, let's talk about Burr Bash. I love this one. It's uh, just like this. This is the easiest mini game, I think. And all you got to do is just roll around and smush a bunch of uh, little burrowers. I love this. It's so easy, and it's like almost like a free artifact. Actually, until you get to level two, I seem to always die on level two. But it's uh, this one is is a nice, it's a nice little intro, and I feel like it's almost always the first hologram in Talon Overworld. Yeah, this one is it's basically whack-a-mole in pinball form. You look for um you look for where the uh, enemies are. Sometimes they'll be popped up, sometimes they'll be burrowed underneath the ground as those uh, burrowers tend to do and you just got to got to hit them at the right time basically. They can get the the first round is fun. They can get really annoying later just an FYI. Really Once you get to cuz cuz it'll start popping up more burrowers and they'll start burrowing underground more frequently and it's just oh, it's they can get annoying in the later rounds. I definitely after like level two, I try to avoid that hologram as much as possible. Yeah, I I only did level two. I I think I tried level three and I died like immediately. So they're they're definitely annoying the further you get, but they're not as annoying as these guys, the uh, the triclops, triclops terror, and these for anybody that doesn't know what these things are, these are those awful little critters that in Metroid Prime when you're underneath a grate and you're trying to like move around if they catch you they'll slowly walk you back to like the entrance of the morph ball tunnel these guys are the worst of metroid prime and i know that because i was streaming metroid prime yesterday and i encountered some of these guys but they're also awful in this game and like in metroid prime you can lay morph ball bombs and they will carry them and explode but also and i guess this kind of goes in metroid mania as well but like you you basically like 
you can launch yourself into them, but it launches you right back. And like, you have to be really careful so that you don't like spike yourself down throughout the hole. It's like, I had, I had trouble with these guys past level one. I, I don't know about you, Doom. Yeah, these these guys can definitely be um, a nuisance for sure. Cause, um, cause you definitely if you always want to go for the bomb kills, cause bombs are an insta kill just like in Prime. But otherwise, I believe it's three. You know, you have to hit him three times, and you can't just like lightly touch him with the ball. Like it has to be like a good, like it has to be a good hit. There's got to be some kinetic force going by, going behind uh, that hit. Cause if you don't, you're just gonna like lightly bounce off them and not do any damage. And uh, you know, as you said, if once you do bounce off to them. You know, it's gonna ricochet back, and so you need to you need to make sure that um, you need got to be prepared for that. And make sure that it's not gonna go into that uh that little gap between the two uh, bumpers. Um, and and ditto for Metroid Mania, which is a similar kind of concept where they're they're actually basically the same, except you're only fighting two Metroids instead of three Triclops, which is kind of nice. But these guys can grab you and suck your life away, as Doom was mentioning. Um, I had a pretty successful time just like letting them kind of pick me up and bombing them right away so that way like i didn't fall down like outrageously or like uh, like i i feel like i was um when i when i try and hit the metroids using the bumpers uh to launch me i i felt like i was getting spiked down like a lot specifically with the metroids so i ended up just kind of sticking to bombs but i never i did level two and then i never got to level three i just died right away yeah, and not and regarding the Metroids as well. Um, so if you get Metroid Mania, uh, two of them will come out, and then in level two, three of them will come out. But there's sometimes you'll just be randomly playing a table, and a Metroid will just casually just walk in, just like a single Metroid will just casually walk onto the table, float onto the table, I guess, as well. So that so that can happen like at any point during the game, even if you don't yeah. have a hologram as well. But uh, yeah, bombs definitely the way to go. And again, just like in Metroid, lay a morph ball bomb, and it will uh, it will let you go. So, you know, again, like, just there's, you know, going back to, like, the details of this game, it, it almost feels like that kind of, you know, that Masahiro Sakurai level of detail where it's, like, this ridiculous amount of detail that no sane person would ever catch. But it's, like, in a, <laughs> but it's like in a pinball game of all places, not in, like, you know, Smash, the multi-crossover fighting game. And so... Well, and if you beat a Metroid, too, like, one of the random ones, not a Metroid Mania... Um, he'll often they'll spawn health for you so you can like heal yourself which is a really nice touch or you could get missiles which you can use in uh, i guess the next thing that we'll talk about but yeah it's just like it's really like really fine attention to detail uh you're you're totally right yeah absolutely um, yeah all right let's do let's do beetle blast and this is kind of the same as a mini game in the pirate frigate level called uh shriek bat shootout and so basically you're getting swarmed with beetles coming at you and samus is uh, she's not in morph ball form anymore. She's like full blown Samus. You're stuck in the middle, and she is firing constantly. So essentially, you just have to turn Samus and aim her gun at the you know all the beetles coming towards you. Pretty easy the first time. Moderately, you know it's it's doable the second time. But my goodness, the third time I did it, but I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that I did not you know die. If you get hit enough times, you will you'll stop doing it and you'll fail the mode. But uh, this, the third time is just like, holy smokes, this is, this is tough, man. This is really tough. Yeah, absolutely. Level three on uh, Beetle Blast can be absolutely brutal. And uh, it's actually really cool the way you do it. So you don't actually use the D-pad. You use the left and right uh, bumpers uh, to move Samus left and right, which actually for this mode, it actually like feels like perfect. Um, there's a lot of, uh, 
Uh, the turning speed, it's not too slow, but it's also not fast enough to where you're going to feel comfortable with it. But yeah, again, I, I think it works in this mode because I feel like it ramps up the tension a lot. And um, yeah, so you can one, take one thing hits. that you can do, too, is like you stun people when you shoot them. So if you're like if you're swiveling really, like really quickly and people are coming or bugs are coming at you from all sides, you can like stun them and slow them. So that I found that that worked pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much what you have to do once you get to level three, and it's it can get it can get intense, especially if you're on your like your last hit, and there's still like a swarm coming at coming at you that are just like inches away, and you're just like, uh, it's like it's like the uh, Doom uh, 1993 cover art. <laughs> if anyone's seen that, you can uh, probably yeah, see pretty much. Looks yeah. Like. But yeah, and um, if you don't get hit any times at all, you'll get a perfect score and get like I believe fifty thousand bonus. That so that always feels uh, really. Uh, a couple other things that we got going on in this level minigame-wise, there's the wall jump, which is uh, which is fun. Although, I had a heck of a time getting to the like the wall jump spot in Talon Overworld. I don't know about you. It, it definitely takes some practice, but I felt like, I don't know. I, I felt like it was, it's definitely not as easy as the, uh, the gunship, uh, which I, we'll probably talk about next. But that one's definitely the easiest, yeah. but wall jump... Like you, you gotta you gotta position it just off the center corner of the right bumper, and if you and if you do it right, you can um, easily uh, get that lit up. Oh, see, this is why I'm so bad at this game because I, I was just like swinging and hoping to hit stuff, and I, I was kind of trying to study where like the ball like to get to the hologram, like where on the the bumper I would have to hit, but uh, I feel like I never really mastered that. But yeah, as you mentioned, so there's a couple different modes where there's like more than one ball, which is absolutely nuts. So there's gunship multi-ball. So if you get your gun or your ball into Samus's ship, I think when you get three of them in, multi-ball starts and, you know, there are uh, there are three balls that you got to keep track of, um, which is kind of good because at least you can lose two and not have it impact anything. And there's also phase-on frenzy, which is wild because you get two balls, one blue, one red, and you're collecting... They almost look like little X-parasites, actually. Um... But you're collecting these things, and if it hits the wrong color, it, like, just sends it flying all over the place. And then, in Phazon Multiball, you have these, like... You, so you have a, a laser protecting you uh, the whole time, so it's kind of just like a free point mode. But you just go absolutely crazy, you hit all of the different colors, and it sends you flying, and, like, it's it's wild. That that I think Phazon Multiball is the funnest uh, thing going on in this course. Yeah, and it plays like the um, it plays like the Frigidorfion escape sequence too to like kind of ramp up the tension. All the lights on the table like start glitching out too. It's like it's such a cool effect uh, that they have going on there. But um, but yeah, I want to I want to go back to a gunship multi ball specifically because man, getting a gunship multi ball is so hype. Because like once because like the ship like the cockpit opens up and it'll actually like shoot the balls back on, on the table and it plays the. Um, uh, the uh, Metroid Prime 2 arrangement of the green Brinstar theme that was in the multiplayer mode of that game. And it's just, it's so hype. The theme will just pump you up while you have three Morph Balls going around. All three of these Morph Balls, by the way, can drop bombs as well. And uh, and minigames are, st are, are still active during this period. Um, it, the wall jump, I believe, is closed off. But uh, but you can still activate minigame while the balls are all going around. And it just, it gets wild and crazy. And it's just, it's so much fun. I love it. It's it's a blast. Like uh, it's it's chaos. Like it's complete chaos. But it's not the most chaotic thing, as we'll talk about later here. The last thing I actually never really got the grip on this until I just read it right now. But they keep on telling you to like hurry up. 
And I was like, "Where? Like, what are they telling me to hurry up to? What's going on here? But I guess you just have to accumulate X amount of points while you're doing that. So, again, I'm awful at this game, so that just goes to show you what uh, what I know. Gotcha. I, I don't think I got um, a hurry up in my uh, most playthrough, but again, I've only... I've only been playing for a couple hours, so maybe maybe right. I'll encounter that after we have recording. Um, so yeah, great table. Talent Overworld is awesome. Uh, the Pirate Frigate is another option that you have at the beginning of the game when you start story mode. I, I'm not like a huge fan of this table, actually, because like, I, I don't know. So there's three bumpers in here, and one's on the top right corner, which is kind of a weird spot, because like it doesn't really send you anywhere. You could just kind of do a couple circles. But, like, when you when you hit straight up, almost all the time, you hit, like, the... I don't know if there's supposed to be, like, three monitors or something like that. And it's kind of... I feel like it's, this is a hard table to, um, like, to, to get a, a grasp of. Or at least it was for me. Um, like, I would have rather stayed on, on Talon and, like, dealt with, like, level two, potentially even level three, like, minigames, rather than go to this table, you know? Yeah, well, I, I definitely, I definitely rather do Pirate Frigate level one than uh, Talon level three if I've maxed out everything. But yeah, otherwise, um, first, first off, actually, before we go into the mini games, if we're talking about the Pirate Frigate, we cannot not talk about the Kenji Yamamoto Brinstar guitar arrangement on uh, this table. Uh, the goaded arrangement that would later appear in Smash Brawl. Um, uh, for, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's that it's a theme where it's like Samus is under fire. And if you've ever listened to the Zelda cast, you know that uh, tune very well, since I was on Omega Metroid ads for like a year over on that show. Yeah, um, the Samus under fire not present in the, this version though. So uh, just uh, just the uh, just the guitar arrangement as it is. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, as you were just mentioning though. That's probably the highlight of this table because I'm definitely. It's not a bad table by any means, but it's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely, it doesn't put me in the comfy zone like the, like the Talent Overworld table does. Yeah, I agree. I, so actually when I, uh, like, finally, finally got 12 artifacts, um, I skipped this table, like, completely. I went and got 8 on Talon, 2 in Fendrana, and 2 in, um, the Phase on Mines. So, yeah, this table, I feel like, other than the music, which you correctly point out is awesome, I don't know if this table has a whole lot going on for it, uh, at least in terms of what I am looking for in this table. Um, the mini games are, I think they're almost all the same, except for, I think Metroid, no, Metroid Mania is there, but there's Space Pirate Panic, which I think replaces the Triclops one, um, where you just got to bash a bunch of Space Pirates, which is kind of fun. But um, other than that, I believe all the mini games are the same. You can get the Clone Ball, you can get the Phase on Frenzy. Um, there's also there's a, shriek, a shriek bat shootout replaces um the um beetle uh beetle blast right yeah so yeah th this table's okay it's it's okay i i think it's probably the weakest table in the game though i have to say yeah i, I would agree with that it's not a bad table by any means but mm -hmm. like i would much rather be on literally any of the other tables <laughs> yeah so those two are like kind of the like quote-unquote traditional uh, pinball tables, but I like. I guess you could kind of say that Magmore Caverns fits into there a little bit. Um, and so this one isn't available in the main game, but you can go and practice on it even if you're not playing um, Wi-Fi with anybody. So I, I went to Magmore Caverns and I kind of schmucked around for a little bit. I think that that table's fun. It's um, it's a little bit plain, I think, 
Like, there's no mini games going on, so it's a little bit just more like collect points and, and whatever. The uh, when you're practicing, you want to get to like a hundred thousand points, and then it will it will cut you off. So I I was uh, doing my thing, and I got like the like the screw attack symbol came up, and I guess that's uh, worth twenty five thousand points. So I got that wall jump to get that, and then that was pretty much my time on that table. But um, I think that that would have been a blast to play. Because what can you play? I think up to what, like eight players can play. Uh, I thought I thought it was just a one v one. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to check on that. Because um, um, I did. I actually did so have another friend back in the day who had a copy of pinball. We would occasionally uh, do uh, some uh, pinball trials in the in the bus ride together, but. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't you know can, what I'm just looking yeah, at it right now. You can is. play, you can play with a maximum of eight DS units, but you only wow. need one cartridge. So only one cartridge. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, and a lot of yeah, a lot of play. DS games did this back in the day. This was really cool. You'd have um, you'd have download play, which would usually give um, less features, but I mean, it allowed again people who didn't have the game to like play multiplayer with you, which is really awesome. Right. And if someone else did have the cartridge, it would unlock the features uh, for everyone, and you could play the full multiplayer experience. I believe pinball was the same regardless, just because it was just that magmore table. Um, and I'm assuming that you would just do like a point attack, so like you're not playing like on the table with like eight other players. I I don't know if that was uh something that was feasible for the DS, but I man, I would love I would love to play this uh you know just multiplayer with uh with, with a bunch of us. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I, think yeah, we'll, I think we'll talk about uh, that at the end of the episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so those are like the traditional tables, and there are some other tables, but they're... So, this game is really cool, because it has bosses, and the bosses are on tables, but they're... There's not really, like, a whole lot of other stuff. There's no mini games or whatever, it's just, like, you have to beat the boss, and when you beat the boss, you beat the table, and you... You can defeat them a couple different ways, and I guess let's start with, uh, Fendrana, which, uh, is a... Is a pretty cool table, actually. There's a lot of, like, ice stuff going on, and there's two levels... To Fendrana, and uh, God help you if you fall to the lower level, because there are triclopses everywhere that are going to throw you into the abyss, and they're right above the the damn hole. So I got tossed around by these guys like so often, but Thardis is waiting for you at the top, and he's no slouch either, actually. So four bumpers on this table, you damage the boss by um, shooting yourself into him, and you uh, you get some power bombs in this table too, which is very cool. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. So one thing that pinball does differently than traditional Metroid games is it actually gives you the power up before the boss fight, not afterwards. Which which I actually definitely prefer in in the context of pinball because yes. yeah, man, the second the second Thordis awakens, I always lay off a power bomb because man, I just want to get that done as fast as possible. Even though it's a really fun fight, like all things considered. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, like, it is a pretty fun fight, you, you get the power bomb. you can, I, I think that this is, like, as far as bosses go, probably, I don't, I don't know, the easiest one, or, like, how about the least difficult one, how about that? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good table, good table. Um, and then, I guess we should talk about the Phazon Mines. I think, like, I think the aesthetic of this table is, like, so cool, actually. It looks, like, so awesome, and the Omega Pirate looks awesome in terms of, like, how he looks on the DS. I this is like a really cool battle. I think. Yeah, all the attacks, and actually, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about Thordis's um, the boss or the boss attacks in general, because both Thordis and the Omega Pirate, their attacks 
are lifted from the original games. So, like, Thordis, yeah, he'll, like, actually curl into, like, his rock form and try to, like, crush you in Morph Ball form. Um, that, that's a really cool attack. And then the Omega Pirate, he'll actually unleash the Shockwaves, and the only way to dodge those is to get onto the lower level of the table. If you're on the higher level, um, you'll, uh, you'll automatically get damaged. So it's actually really interesting boss fight when fighting the Pirate in that you're... Whereas in Thordis, you're trying to stay on that top level as much as possible to avoid the Triclops. In Omega Pirate, you're constantly, like, going back and forth between the levels so that you don't tank damage. Like, even with Thardis, if you're on the upper level, too, and if he's rolling, you you pretty much just have to, like, try and avoid him because you can't damage him either, which is stressful. But, um, yeah, the, the Omega Pirate, man, those shockwaves are brutal. Mm -hmm. And, so, I I could be wrong, but, like... If you're on the bottom in, like, the area that's not covered by the table, you can still get hit. So, like, directly above where the hole is. Because I definitely got hit there a couple times, and I was like, yes. Ah. And there's space pirates that are shooting missiles at you, homing missiles. So there's a lot going on in this Omega Pirate screen. Um, and you start off with missiles as well, which is which is cool. But it's not, like, a, a huge weapon like the Power Bomb was. Like, the Power Bomb takes away, like, a quarter of Thardis' health at the beginning and like... The Omega, the Omega Pirate, you kind of have to build up to where you finally get battle ready, and then you're, it's kind of like the, um, uh, it's kind of like the, the Beetle Blast, where you stand, but instead of just shooting regular beams at him, you can fire off missiles, which is awesome. Yeah, and it's also very much appreciated because, you know, if you get damaged, um, you know, uh, while doing the, uh, I, I believe, I believe the official terminology for it is the Combat Saucer, kind of a goofy name, but whatever. Uh, when you when you take damage in that form, obviously that doesn't affect your morph ball damage because your damage in uh, bipedal form is separate than your morph ball damage form. So, any hits that you take there, it's just like, again, a quick uh, wipe of the uh, forehead there. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on in here, and again, this is another table where there's like um, four bumpers, and there's an upper level. But, like, the upper level is very hard to stay in. Because, like, essentially what you can do is, like, it's a big circle. So you want to keep on hitting your ball so you can stay in the circle. But you also are trying to angle it so that you hit the Omega Pirate. And, like, there's missiles flying at you. And there's shockwaves. And, like, it's just, there's a lot going on. It's very chaotic. But well, it's, like, a good a good chaotic. Well, I guess I guess to better describe to our viewers who might not have played the game. So, basically, uh, on these multi-leveled tables, if you're on the upper level, typically uh, there will be a nice slant that'll give you um some leg room before the before the bumper appears uh for the uh for the ball to roll down to that's not the case on the omega pirate table it's just a giant half circle with um the bumpers like pointing less than 45 degrees downward and so basically you have to like hit it right um you know as the ball is coming at that full uh velocity through that centripetal force and you have to hit it right as on that apex to get uh, to get the pirate and it's satisfying to like get to be able to connect shots, but it is brutally difficult to to be able to do that oh, consecutively. So, um, like I said, I was really struggling, like trying to get to like I knew that there's a couple other tables, and I did not finish this game, but I got closer than I thought I was going to. But I was really struggling to to finally get it. So I finally got eight artifacts and talent, and uh, two in Fendrana and two in the Phase on Mines. And eventually I finally got to the Artifact Temple. And holy smokes. This is like... This is the absolute most chaotic table in, in this game, I think. So you are fighting Meta Ridley. 
first of all, this table's awesome because it's very calm and serene like the Artifact Temple is in uh, in Metroid Prime. You shoot your ball up to the center, and just as in Metroid Prime, that Meta Ridley music hits, and Meta Ridley is here to cause trouble. And it's not a boss fight in the exact same sense as Thardis and Omega Pirate is, but he's more like a distraction and a... Uh, like a stage hazard almost. That's he's dropping bombs everywhere trying to blow you up. But you got like you got like six balls going at one time here. And you're trying to so there's the, the twelve artifact temples on the on the upper end of the table. And um, you're trying to essentially get the ball into the twelve slots will which will unlock the impact crater. But you're doing this with like six balls, Ridley dropping bombs everywhere. It's complete chaos, like complete anarchy. Uh, the, and, and like somehow I did this on my first try and I wasn't even looking at what was going on at the top of the screen. I was just, I was solely looking at my flippers and like making sure that I hit the balls, hit the balls, hit the balls and not letting them drop. And my God, what a, like this was anarchy, like a, a complete anarchy again, but in a really fun way. And it feels like Metroid. So this is fantastic. I 100% agree, and I will also say this is probably, in my opinion at least, while not the hardest boss fight, it feels the most tense, just because, especially, like, once you get down to, like, the last two points, so there's, there's like, two of these um, slots uh, on the left and right side of the table on the lower levels, but they're positioned in such a way where you can't just use the bumper itself to just shoot it in there, they're positioned, like, too far away, so you have to, like, hit the bumper in a way so that the ball bounces off of a wall and onto um, the slots, and those uh, those those can be oh, really man. annoying. But in but again, like you said, in a fun way, in a fun tense way, where you're basically just like it's it's basically you're just trying to survive as long as possible, and, and it's like either you or him. And oh, once once you do it though, it feels great, and you get this cool celebration music of Samus like uh, getting out of the form, and like um, the artifact temple theme reprises, and it's just it's such a it's such a cool fight, man. It's, it's very cool, and you get, like, a, a cutscene that looks like it's right out of Metroid Prime Hunters, too, of Samus descending into, like, the impact crater, and, uh, man, once you get to the impact crater, you are fighting Metroid Prime, and I did not last very long against Metroid Prime, I was not able to beat Metroid Prime, so this is as far as I got, but, I mean, you're fighting, like, the full Monty here, like, you're fighting the big boy Metroid Prime, he's got, like, a massive laser that's coming at you you've got a weapon called the force ball which is like a powerful like i don't know pinball kind of gimmick here um so i was reading after the fact and you have to damage there's two areas on either side of metroid prime that you have to damage and then you can hit it with the force ball i did not make it very far unfortunately for me um but i will say that this like the actual table itself is is fairly i i, I would say it's like fairly plain Jane or like there's not like a ton of gimmicks it's just like you've got this amazing boss fight going on so again very like you know very Metroid Prime-esque this boss fight is so awesome I I genuinely like this is such a cool boss and um and it's by the way it's the same as the Metroid Prime fight so you'll fight both forms of Prime in this fight there's a phase two as well but basically the first the first part of this fight works and so basically Metroid Prime covers up pretty much the entire portion of the upper screen, so your only safe safe bet is that lower screen uh, behind cover when he fires that laser. And um, you know, Andy, you mentioned the for the the force ball. Basically, basically, it puts this force field around you that actually lets you damage Prime. So if you touch Prime at any point in morph ball form, you'll die. 
or not die, you'll take damage unless you have um, the Force Ball equipped. And it'll immediately go away once you hit him. So you'll have to go back and get it every single time for the hits. But basically what's happening is his legs are blocking the, are blocking the um, I guess the uh, alleyways, the the slots, the gut, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what you'd call it, but it's the rails, there you go. It's it's blocking the rails where you uh, collect where you collect the force ball power up. So you have to hit his leg first, right. so for him to move his leg out of the way, and you have to go up there fast because if you because if you're not fast enough, he'll just move his leg back. So you got to hit it once, and then you got to go go in the pathway, activate that force ball, and then hit him, rinse and repeat. After you take away Prime's health, he transforms into Metroid Prime the core. core. Oh. Um, the epic, the epic finale music uh, comes back just like in, uh, just like in Prime. Uh, it's super hype, um, pr- and uh, you don't need the Force Ball to damage him this time. But Force Ball will do additional damage to him in this form. Um, he'll do the shockwaves just like the Omega Pirate. Um, he can tank a lot of health, but also um, every again everything can damage him. So you start letting off your power bombs if you activate the the combat saucer you can fire some missiles at him for extra damage um uh, metroids uh metroids will also start swarming during that fight as well i mean appropriately just like in that final battle it, it's super faithful but with enough creative liberties to adapt to the pinball form to make it work and yeah man it's yeah, it's, it's a wild it's honestly, fight it is honestly up there with um the original metroid prime uh boss fight as well like they perfectly complement each other yeah it's it's a wild fight i got i got the force ball and was quickly disposed of after that so i'm gonna keep on grinding until i beat this sucker and then yeah like you mentioned earlier in the show after you beat him credits roll and you have unlocked expert mode i can't even fathom expert mode i can barely do regular mode yeah i I believe expert mode (laughs) I haven't played expert mode in a while, but I believe um, expert mode just starts you off at like level two or three instead of level one for all the uh, all the uh, mini games. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if there's any additional caveats as well. I'd have to look that up. And yeah, like like I said, that, that makes me absolutely shudder <laughs> trying to think of this game being even more difficult. I will say, if you are uh, thinking of playing this game, perhaps on a platform that is not. Uh, Nintendo DS or 3DS save states would be much welcome. So uh, I'm sure that there's ways to play that, and that would make this uh, I think a little bit more more bearable in terms of difficulty. Um, but yeah, so the actual game is awesome. Uh, I, I did hear like I think a lot of people this reviewed fairly well for what it was, right? Like a lot of people were really high on it. Um, there was some criticism from people that there was a limited amount of tables, and I think that that's fair. I agree. Um, but, I mean, like, we have every area from the original Metroid Prime. I'm sure that Metroid Prime 2... Eh, not every was... area. Not every area. We don't have uh, Chozo Ruins. You're right. We don't have Chozo Ruins, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess why did they put a Chozo Ruins stage in there? We could have fought uh, uh, Flagra. That would have been an awesome fight, actually. That but... sounds... Uh, well, we, we can talk about that uh, in a sec, I believe. <laughs> y- yeah. So, um... Yeah, I, I think that that criticism is is fair. I'm sure that like, but I, I'm sure that Metro Prime Two was. I mean, it was out by the time this came out, but while Pinball was being developed, I'm sure they didn't know what they were doing. So you kind of only had the one area to work with. Um, I and I want to talk about the game and its release and and stuff before we talk about other areas that could be really cool here. 
because this is definitely the worst selling Metroid title ever uh, by like quite a lot actually. Uh, it, it had uh, 250k when I looked on uh, videogamecharts.com. That could be wrong. I'm not sure. They didn't have any Japanese or European data inputted there, um, so that that could be wrong. But the point is that it did not sell very well. And like I wonder, you know, we talked about. Give me your opinion on this doom, because we talked about at the beginning here, like how um, you know this this game is really faithful. It's not a cash grab. It, there was a lot of thought and care put into it. But I just wonder how many people out there were like me, where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to play a, a pinball game. Um, and I think that the real downfall of this, and uh, I, I think I think the downfall is that it released on the DS, actually. I think that that was a, a mistake. And I think where it could have maybe had a little bit more success is if it released on the Wii. And specifically, if it released as part of like the Wii eShop, like one of the, I forget what they called them, like the WiiWare games or whatever they were called, um, for a much cheaper price. Because I just, I, I think as fun as this game is, I don't know that it was appealing for people that bought it to spend as much money on this game, which is, you know, it's a, it's a short game, but it's designed to be replayed. But I just, I don't know if a lot of people were as willing to pay, you know, full price for this, uh, you know, as or at least the same price as they would for like a complete full adventure like a, like a Prime Hunters or like a new Mario Bros or like a Zelda Phantom Hourglass or something like that. So I think the platform and the price point were probably an issue which helped, you know, kind of not give this game the, the the love and the, you know, the legacy that I think it probably deserves. Um, so I don't know. I, I had some thoughts about that. I wanted to know where you weighed in with that, Doom. Yeah, I would. I think. I think the price is definitely like the biggest factor that played into it for all those reasons that you mentioned. It definitely like everything about it. It definitely feels like, you know, a title that you would download off like the eShop or you know on an online marketplace today. It doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like something you would buy in a box c copy unless it's like something you know, you know, unless it's like you know a limited release or something like that. If that makes sense, you know, it kind of reminds me of like a limited right. run games release or like maybe. The, the limited Tetris 99 uh, box copies that were going for a little bit. It, it, feel, it feels like one of those kind of deals where if, you're get, if you get it physical, it's because you're already a fan, a fan of the game, but most people would buy it digitally. And yeah. yeah, the game, it definitely, like, it definitely, it feels ahead of its time, but with that caveat also comes uh, the negatives that technology hasn't, technology and business practices hasn't caught up with that time as well for the game to be marketed properly and i don't mean marketed as in like you know how we typically talk about metroid marketing i mean marketed as in it could not come in a state that was going to appeal to the to um the most players yeah you know i don't know that i would say that the game was ahead of its time because i think that the game is really solid but like i i think that uh, like, it's really fun, as we just laid out. There's a lot going for it. But I do think that... I, I just... I, I think it was released at the wrong time. I think if it was released on the Wii, it would have been a much bigger success. I think that if it was released five years ago as a mobile game, that this game would have been huge. Like, I, I honestly think that, like, a free download, maybe there's a premium version, or maybe you pay five bucks for it, or maybe there's ads or whatever. I think that if this was on your phone and you could play... 
that this game would have been absolutely massive. And I actually, um, I, I thought that this was legitimately going to happen because a couple of years ago, Nintendo was like all in on mobile games. We had like, what do we have? Like Pocket Camp, Dr. Mario, that uh, that Miitopia game or whatever. I was like, Metroid Prime Pinball would be like a perfect game to play on the go, on your phone. It's it's literally like the perfect game for that type of, of, of platform. But it didn't happen. And because it didn't happen then, I don't know if it ever will now. Like, I, I don't think that we'll ever... I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll ever get this game um, ported onto another system unless it's part of, like, something like a like a Nintendo Switch Online if they have DS games or, or something like that, um, which is kind of too bad because I feel like it, it really does deserve, like, some time in the sun. And I just, uh, you know, I, I think the time is kind of past it, unfortunately, for it to ever get that. And I think it's going to be a really, really niche title in an already niche series, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't see, uh, you know, I, we're going to talk about, like, what we would love uh, to see in the future of Metroid Prime Pinball. But in realistic terms, I, I think that, like you said, you know, the sun's set now, its time is over, and uh, while there are people like us in the diehard Metroid community that would love a remaster or even a sequel to this game, you know, expanding... Um, expanding on all the concepts, I mean, like you mentioned, it is a very, very niche title in an already niche series, and, you know, unless Nintendo can find a good reason to, like, monetize it, like, I don't see, I, I don't see why they would have any reason to do it. I mean, especially, especially, like, after Federation Force, I think Nintendo is, wants to be especially cautious of their Metroid release, and I could also imagine not just them not being able to see the profit motive on a pinball release, but also them, I mean, obviously we know, like, Nintendo, they don't fully get what Metroid fans want, and I could totally see them just being scared about a pinball release and being like, oh god, what if they freak out like they did with Federation Force? Oh my god, what if, are we to get, like, hugely ratioed and disliked? Are people gonna hate us for this? Is this gonna be bad PR? Even though, like, mo most of us, like, we like we would be pumped to see a pinball release. Especially because, you know, we know that there's more games coming out, but they don't know that. Um, you know, it's funny you brought up Federation Force, actually. Because I think that maybe I was wrong. Maybe Federation Force was the last chance for this to ever get a second life. Because I feel like this would have fit in, like, right at home in Federation Force. Like, have this kind of bundled in with Blast Ball and bundled in with, like, the main Federation Force game. Like... This, it, it, like, unfortunately, it kind of see it kind of feels like to me, like, if Nintendo would have made a Blast Ball game and released it for full price, and that was kind of the game, that would have felt like what they did with Metroid Prime Pinball, where they they didn't really set it up for success. And I'm sure that, like, a lot of people at Fuse Games worked hard on this for a long time, but um, I just, I think that asking fans to pay as much as they, you know, asked them to was probably never going to end as well as they would have liked it to and it kind of unfortunately fed into that reputation that metroid had of, of releasing games that don't sell but um yeah i i think that there there might be a chance for this still maybe if there's like another game like a federation force or like a even like a nintendo land where they could just like package this in with that or like maybe it's like an unlockable in metroid prime 4 or like something like that. Like, I think at this point, if you wanted to give it away for free in a, in a service or a game or something like that, maybe some people would play it, but I think that the chances are, are probably pretty low. I think we've probably seen the last of Metroid Prime Pinball. 
which is too bad. Yeah, it's a it's a real shame, unfortunately. Um, all right. Well, now that we've now that we've been uh, a little bit Debbie Downer here, um, let's talk about some stuff for this game that could have been really cool, and uh, even though it'll never happen, stuff that would be awesome in a in a second Metroid Prime pinball. We didn't even mention, by the way, the Rumble Pack that came with this. Oh, what an awesome right. feature! I I have the Rumble Pack. That thing goes hard. Yeah, it was yeah it was really cool back in that, and it's compatible with other games too, including uh, Metroid Prime Hunters. So if you have a copy, you know of that Rumble Pack still lying around, like there you go. If you, if you have an original DS and you have a copy of that, uh, yeah, you should fire it up. Um, so I, I'm probably I'm probably stealing your thunder here because I think that both of us probably thought that this could be an awesome stage. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start us off here and say like how absolutely incredible would a Sanctuary Fortress stage have been with Quadraxis as the boss? And, like, you kind of already are doing pinball things in that fight where, like, you boost and you run into his legs to knock him down. Like, is that just not, like, the absolute perfect stage for a pinball thing? you got to launch yourself into his legs, knock him down, and, like, you can, when he's finally on the ground, that's when you can bash him and, and get the damage in. Like, would that not just be, like, the perfect pinball stage? Quadraxis was built to be a pin dude there's so many bosses and echoes which would be perfect pinball by the the spider guardian the spider guardian the oh power yeah bomb, the power bomb guardian dude imagine a pinball table that utilizes the spider ball tracks oh that would be ridiculous like uh give it to me give it to me <laughs> that, that would that would be awesome oh i didn't i didn't even think of the spider guardian that's like a that's like a home run right there um other areas i i was trying to think of like I think it could be cool, like, doing, uh, like, a boss table that had, like, Rundus on it. And, like, you could maybe get, like, different ice tracks or something like that that he creates and, and whatever. Um, I, I think that that would be, like, like really, really fun to, to fight Rundus on there. And I think as, like, just an overall table, like, not, you know, something with some different mini games and different gimmicks and stuff like that. Um, it could have been really cool to, like, be on, like, one of the, uh, like, the Olympias or the... Um, What's the other GFS uh, Valhalla, Valhalla from? Yeah, I think that that could have been like really cool, just to have like another table where you are, you know, like just just playing mini games and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, I think for the uh, Rundus fight, what you could do is like maybe like kind of a boss rush style where you take on all three of the hunters at the same time, one after the other. Maybe maybe as like the uh, the penultimate boss before the Dark Samus fight on the inevitable phase table. Something like that, I think, could work really well. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like there is so many levels I would work awesomely. And, like, I, I feel like not even limited to the Prime series if you don't want to. But, you know, I'm thinking, like, man, it'd be cool to, like, have a, a Super Metroid-themed level or, a, like, I don't know, like a, a Ravenbeak boss fight or something like that. Like, uh, there is so much, like, potential for just, like, cool stuff and... Yeah, it's it's too bad that you know unfortunately it doesn't seem like we're ever gonna get that and then see that realized. But uh, you know it's it is it's like they did a great job with what they had, and uh, I would have loved to have seen what they could have done with uh, I don't know like more more leeway maybe maybe they were just stuck to like specifically the prime games. But even like man that would can you imagine like a metroid dread level or like a samus returns like sr388 table with metroids everywhere and like a queen metroid and like your final thing is like you have to shoot into its mouth and then you lay your power bomb like God, oh that's awesome. that's so br oh my gosh so 
okay, so you know those little railways that like will give you um that will like take you to like different sections of the table. You could have a thing where you like you stun the queen and then her mouth opens and that turns into a new railway that you oh, oh that's so brilliant. I love it. That's so cool. Maybe you know what? Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe you get into the combat saucer and after getting the grapple beam and you actually have to like pull her face down and then get out of the saucer okay and then now shoot we're it talking. and then shoot it in up that's that's the sauce right there that is the mm. sauce i love it oh my gosh I, hey. i'm getting so hyped just talking about this <laughs> let me throw this challenge out there to all you rom hackers <laughs> make make a make a phase on hack of uh metroid prime pinball please i will review it for free on metroid uh, rom hack reviews but yeah so much that uh, that could have been done um I don't know. Give us a... Maybe let's end on this. A Samus's percentages. And you're not allowed to say zero. But uh, what do you think... What do you think the circumstances are that we could ever see a pinball return? What what would have to be the scenario that you would... Uh, that you would see having to happen to, to make it not zero percent? Uh, I'm going to give it a one out of twelve artifacts on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um... And I think, like, we, you know, the last time we mentioned pinball uh, together, you know, I think the scenario we could see this is, you know, like, a Nintendo Switch Online, uh, like, free game where, kind of like a Tetris 99 style, which, again, absolutely perfect would for be the cool. pinball format. Again, like, you could have, activating the minigames, it wouldn't activate the minigame for you, it would activate minigames and traps and enemies for all the other players, and that would be, like, kind of, it would be similar to, like, Tetris and Pac-Man, where you're, like, putting hazards on everyone else's table and they're putting the hazards for you but when you defeat the hazards you're also getting more points and the more points you get you unlock more traps that you can lay and just like the the, the formula is right there it's right there but even you know even amongst that format one i'm going with one out of 12 artifacts for the reasons we listed uh, about five ten minutes ago oh man you know what would be awesome remember you remember that game uh What's it called? One two, not one two switch. Uh, Nintendo Land. I mentioned it earlier, where there's like a collection of mini games. Imagine, yeah, that's a cool game. Imagine Nintendo just goes back through all of its all of its games and it assembles like an all star cast of like little mini games. So you got like Metroid Prime Pinball, Link's Crossbow Training, Mario's whatever. I'm sure there's something, uh, and, and just like made a Nintendo Land esque game like that, but with like established cool mini games. That could be. That could be fun, but I'm giving that I'm giving that the old zero percent on uh, Samus's percentages. But I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe we believe hard enough. Maybe we'll see the return of Metroid Prime Pinball. Who knows? Unfortunately, I think the return of Nintendo Land is about as likely as Prime Pinball, which is unfortunate because, like, a, a bit off topic. But Nintendo Land is so cool, and it's one of the one of the two reasons I still own a Wii U and why it's still hooked up to my TV today. We'll have to do an episode on. Uh on Metroid Blast actually sometime in the future cuz that's a pretty fun little little game that they got going on there that, but that that game is like a good model actually for a co-op experience in my opinion but that yeah. again that is a topic for another day we'll save it for another day um is there anything else that you want to talk about for Metroid Prime Pinball before we get out of here anything you want to leave on play Metroid Prime Pinball you don't know what you're missing out on like it is genuinely so much fun uh you know even if you just give it like 30 minutes like you know um you know as we mentioned before there uh if you don't have um a nintendo ds or a 3ds you know there are 
uh, perhaps some alternate methods that uh, you can Google to find out how to play it. And uh, yeah, really simple. You can probably play it on uh, most of your uh, builds, whatever. And yeah, give the game give the game a chance. Um, Definitely. We love it. Yeah. And if we love it, that means uh, you'll love it because we're right. Well, I think like I I want to say like I don't really like pinball at all. Like you know what I mean? Like, but I like Metroid Prime pinball. I have a lot of fun with this game, and it's probably because I like Metroid. But probably everyone listening to this likes Metroid as well. So, yeah, I think it's worth um, I think it's worth an hour of your time if you uh, if you are bored and you want to play something fun that you may have never played in the Metroid universe before. Pinball is uh, I think you'll be surprised how how faithful it is and how much it feels like a Metroid game and not like a pinball game with Metroid stuff slapped on it. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say, for all our uh, viewers, before we head off, um, you know, let us know, like, if you've played Metroid Prime Pinball, let us know your high scores in the comments or on our Discord server below. We'd love to hear uh, all your stories and your memories from this game as Oh, for sure. You know what? I wrote down a high score of mine, actually. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Yeah, it was, um... 3.9 million with 10 artifacts was my highest score. So not I very not, high. <laughs> I did not write down mine, unfortunately. I'll have to check the leaderboards after uh, yeah, after we get off here. Uh, we'll do that. Let me know and let us know if you do end up playing and uh, we'll, we'll do like a little leaderboard thing. But yeah, there it is. Our retrospective on Metroid Prime Pinball. We'll never go as in-depth into this game as we've just done now. So cherish this. And uh, play pinball if you haven't ever or if you haven't in a while. Um, All right. That is going to do it for us. We are going to get out of here. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to head on over to Twitter. Give us a follow at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Doom is at Doominal Cross. And we are, uh, of course, encouraging you guys to check us out wherever you get your podcast. Uh, You know, like, subscribe. Leave us that sweet, sweet five-star review. And most importantly recommend us to that metroid fan in your life tell them where they can get their weekly metroid fix and uh don't forget to check out omegametroid.com lots of stuff going on over there including new episodes of the rom hack review series so uh go ahead and check that out um that is going to do it for us this week everybody Uh, until next week though take care